Hey everyone, are you interested in blood testing technology and diagnostics to chart your course through life and towards longevity? Well, great chat here with Mike, a company CEO, and they specialize in photonic electronics and are trying to scale down blood testing incredibly smaller, incredibly cheaper with new devices. But anyway, great discussion. We also talk about kind of crazy diets and we talk about blood test connections through to health outcomes. So really interesting chat. And if you wait till the end and in the description box below, there's a half price discount on their new technology. They're just starting out and emerging. So you might be interested in that too. A pal of mine in the network who was fantastic during uh, the viral issue and also on low carb uh, before that introduced me recently to a Mike Dubrovsky. And it was very interesting because I'm obviously engineer, don't measure it, don't get fixed, big into blood tests, calcium scans, all the diagnostics. And this guy, Mike, we're going to be talking to now is developing a new technology, ultra small, ultra low cost. And it could really, really be a game changer. But I'm going to ask him all about it. Uh, I know a limited amount now, and I'm going to ask him and let him explain. So great to see you, Mike. Great meeting you. Excellent. And you know what? You might just give a brief bio or something uh, just to let people know who you are and where you're coming from. And I think you got some pretty big investors as already for this. Yeah, sure. So uh, co-founder of SciFox, uh, the company that we're discussing today. Uh, my background's originally in biochemistry and uh, materials later on in photonics. I've done a couple of startups. Um, the company is basic, basically, we started around some uh, silicon photonic chip technology. So this is, it's a little bit of an esoteric thing uh, that I love, uh, but a lot of people don't know about. So there are the chips in your phone which use electrons essentially to do all the operations. And then there are chips that are mostly using data centers that have emerged over the last 20 years, which uh, work with photons. So like we're having this conversation, that's all electronic on our computers, but it has to go through fiber optic cables for, for to get from the US where I am to Ireland, right? And uh, in order to do that, you have to convert the electrons into light. And so there, there have emerged this class of chips where light is actually controlled in the silicon structures. And they're all over the world, you know, hyperscale, the whole internet runs on them. And what we've done is we took that technology and applied it to miniaturizing other optical systems. And one of the major areas where optics are used is actually blood diagnostics. So if you go, go to, a, to a large lab that's like Quest that's doing diagnostics and you open one of the instruments, it's full of optics. So lasers, lenses, and so on. And it's now become possible to miniaturize those those components onto chips. So that's what we're doing at SciFox. Right, excellent summary. And I always love the total internal reflection concept of the of the light cables. You know, it's, it was just groundbreaking way back. But Theranos is what might occur to some people. It kind of occurred to me, you know. So maybe a little word around that debacle and then the contrast. Yeah, we just we were just at a I'll, I'll just start with it. We were just at a conference. It's called HLTH. And we had a big booth doing uh, we were collecting people's blood. And, you know, uh, for with this, uh, we'll talk about, I'm sure, with the quantified panel that we run. And, um, you know, that's the question you get from everybody. And uh, there's a couple of things. So, so firstly, Ternos didn't really have any technology. So it was more one of these companies. I think actually these companies exist in every deep tech industry. But in health, it's just the stakes are higher. So people have heard of, heard of it. But what happens is when there's a hard problem that's unsolved, if you just say you've solved it completely with no compromises. So Theranos said, we'll do it with one drop and we'll do all the blood tests you need, uh, which consists mm -hmm. of three types of blood tests. It's CBC, a complete blood count, which actually requires a microscope that looks at the cells in your blood. There's chemistry, which is usually an electrochemical test like for ions and so on. And then there's immunoassays, which looks at proteins and hormones. Completely different tests. If you go into a lab, they're run on different massive machines that work totally different. And so promising to do all of that, like essentially even solving one of those problems, that's what we're doing. We're solving immunoassays. Even solving one of those problems only became possible the last decade, you know, in a small, in a small form factor. So it's, it's, uh, they just, there's a company that fills this niche in most spaces. Like there was a LIDAR company that raised a lot of money 
that was promising. You know, we have the smallest LiDAR, the this, that, you know, has all the features, right? Back when there was a big hype around LiDAR a couple of years ago when everybody was sure there'd be self-driving cars today. And, you know, they would all use LiDAR. And uh, yeah, that company raised maybe a billion dollars and they were just showing an empty box at, at conferences, you know? <laughs> so it's, uh, that's a niche, you know, you can occupy it for about five years successfully where you raise money, as long as you promise exactly what people want, you know, that, <laughs> that works pretty well. I do think, mm -hmm. I mean, one thing is that, that every, I guess people know this story well, but Terranos wasn't able to raise money from real VCs, especially ones that understood, even I think software VCs, but ones that understood medical or, you know, like devices, chips and so on, never invested in Theranos, even though they pitched everybody. So they ended up mm -hmm. getting investments from kind of like rich individuals, senators and so on. So we're backed by Coastal Ventures, which has a lot of investments in diagnostics. So they have lots of mature companies that have FDA clearance. Um, and then a couple of, I mean, YC and, and, and others. And actually there's a company that uses very similar technology to ours in the sensor. So we have a, this is our cartridge. There's a small sensor in the cartridge, that's square. So that's a silicon photonic chip. It has actually a lot of, uh, a bunch of waveguides on it. And that's where the proteins go and, and you do the measurement. And so that type of sensor is already FDA cleared, but it goes inside a very large instrument. And so what we did is we miniaturized that instrument's more complex. So back when that company started, it wasn't possible to miniaturize it. So we actually miniaturized that instrument, but this type of blood test is already on the market. Right, very good. And just for people listening, VCs you mentioned there is venture capitalists. So uh, where the money actually comes from. And uh, you, you, Eliza, are you, you're mimicking the Eliza type uh, system essentially yeah so so immunoassays uh this is actually a great this is a great question so it depends you tell me how technically you want me to go but basically when you have a small molecule like glucose so if you have a continuous glucose monitor for example what happens in the continuous glucose monitor is you have an enzyme that recognizes glucose and it consumes it so it's actually taking the glucose breaking it up and as it breaks it up it generates an electrical current and that's what's being measured so that works for small molecules because small molecules are different. So glucose and lactate are different. Proteins and hormones are made up of building blocks that are all the same. They're made up of amino acids. The difference is the structure. So in order to sense the difference between proteins, you have to touch them. So the way it works is you get an antibody. Now, after COVID, everybody knows what an antibody is. So basically, you get an antibody that sticks to the protein of interest. So for example, insulin you'll get an antibody that has a binding site that specifically binds to insulin structurally. That's the important thing. And you have to have a way of sensing that protein's presence. And so normally this is like, a, I mean, there are different ways to do it, but it often, the standard assay takes like four hours and you only get a readout at the end. That's ELISA. So two to four hours readout at the end. Uh, the way we do it is because we have the photonics, we can actually sense directly. So we make a measurement once per second. So we actually get a direct measurement as things are attaching. So we have an antibody on our sensor and as proteins are attaching to it, we can actually sense their presence. So the sensor doesn't know what it's measuring, but because we know the antibody that we put on there, uh, we know we're expecting insulin, right? So if we see something binding, the amount of that is gonna give you the insulin level. That's how it works. Excellent. And you know what, it just occurs to me there in terms of control, you of course can characterize it and you can see the action happening electronically or as you monitor and you can characterize and decide okay at this point we can now take a pretty good reading so so you've probably got a safety margin but you you know when you're getting your answer dependably i guess yeah so so this is uh definitely another time we should do it if we do this in person i'll test you i'll test you on our device and, and you can actually see how it works but we basically we take four minutes of data and we cut out like the last minute. So we kind of wait for it to, there's some equilibration that happens at the beginning. So we just use, we use basically the last minute of data and that's where we get our, our information. So, so you get, you have the right idea basically. Um, ah, yeah, we yeah. look at, we look at the, so in Eliza, what they do is they'll let it, let the reaction happen for a long time. And then they look at the end point. They kind of try to measure how much is there at the end. Uh, and that requires additional uh, chemistry because they can't see the protein itself. They have to label it and so on. In our case, we're actually watching the rate of binding. So we use the slope and that, that allows you to do It's more accurate and it's also faster. You don't have to wait till the whole thing is complete. Right. So, well, there, accuracy, very important. So in terms of um, comparing it to a laboratory ELISA or whatever, are those, those correlations, I guess, are already done pretty extensively? You're happy with your R&R, re reproducibility and repeatability kind of thing? 
so we haven't launched the so this is the this is the at home device right i just showed it uh it'll get smaller and a little bit the form factor will get a little bit nicer before we launch uh, it's like 80 percent empty space right now so this is the mm. these are the engineering units so we're doing lots of demos of these like we did a bunch of demos of this at the health conference and so on it we validated it so far for inflammation testing against the in a triple blinded third party study against the Roche Cobos. So the Roche Cobos is your gold standard large instrument that's used by Quest or whatever. I mean, there are a couple of them, but it's one of the three that are that are common. Um, so we've done that for inflammation testing. We have a whole so that's HSCRP. We have a whole roadmap of re, uh, assays we're adding to this before it launches. So we'll be doing these validations for all of them. Um, but the results are already pretty much what you would, it's, there are some small things, but generally it's close to what you would submit to the FDA. The difference is that we haven't done design control yet. So it's a requirement. It's a good requirement. The FDA actually mm -hmm. for diagnostics is very reasonable. Uh, so the requirement is that you have to document every design decision uh, of the whole product before submitting it. So that takes like, we're, we'll do this small like rev for a user experience and then will release it as part of a study next year. So people can sign up, uh, they have to consent to be part of a study, but they can sign up and use it at home. And, and after that, we'll be submitting it to the FDA under having done the design control and the study. Right, very good. So it's a work in progress, but the HSCRP is essentially validated now. Is there early data for the other ones or are you kind of projecting that they should all uh, be possible uh, with, a, with a tight kind of regulation? or you've done early data to verify some of those informally, non-officially? So we, we've we definitely verified a lot of them informally. Uh, we're adding, so this is a multiplex device. So we're actually, it goes up to 15 plex. So we're working on adding APOA and APOB, so like HDL and LDL cholesterol to HSCRP. Mm. Uh, and then we'll be working to add insulin. So we're hoping that the first panel will be, this isn't fixed yet, but we're hoping that it'll be HSCRP, APOA, APOB insulin. Uh, so you can get that whole panel in one shot. Um, so that, that's what we're working on now. All right. And you can get the APOB over APOA1 ratio. But if you've got a good insulin, you don't need it so much. But that, they're an interesting few measurements. Um, so the other thing is currently you've got something on offer as such. And, you know, I might refer to the offer in the outro. But you've got something on offer right now, but it's not this uh, device, I think. It's an existing offer of multiple tests in a kind of blood spot uh, fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, we took a, a little bit of an orthodox approach for a medical device company because our goal is to have a device in every home. So typically when you build a diagnostic, you're kind of aiming at, okay, we're going to put this in a thousand doctor's offices or hospitals. Uh, because we're a chip company, what chips do is they take something that already exists and they make it very small and very cheap. That's generally the trend. So, so you, you also enable certain things, but the big deal is that the cost drops hundredfold, the size drops hundredfold. So that means the putting it in the home is really like, that's that's the use case uh, in our case. It's, it can be used in a doctor's office and everything, but that's not, that's not the ambitious version of the company. And because of that, we really wanted to connect with people early on, like actual users and, essentially build a roadmap where the markers that we're testing and the way that the device is used is actually going to make people healthier. So not just, I mean, we've gotten a ton of feedback from doctors and, you know, people in public health and so on, but we just want to interact directly with actual people trying to make themselves healthier uh, and, you know, manage their health. And so we launched this uh, at-home test, which is, it's your typical form factor, which is you take a couple drops of blood, you put it on a, so one thing we did differently is some companies use tubes of blood, we're using a blood spot card that has a serum separation. So this has been around for a little while, but it's relatively new. We worked with a specialty lab that processes these. Mm. I don't know if you, have you ever used one of these? Uh, not exactly, though I'm familiar with Meridian Valley Labs on the West Coast up in Seattle. They do a five hour insulin test with like five or six blood spots. I guess it's similar. So, so the, it is similar. I know what you're talking about. That's the, um, the craft curve that Meridian does. So we're, we're actually considering offering that as a follow-up to the test we do here because it's a uh, very valid it's very valuable data right uh but basically I mean, the craft curve is incredible but uh but but the way this works there's a difference so the main difference is that when you put your blood over here it actually runs across the card and that separates the red blood cells and white blood cells from the serum so when the lab gets this dried they cut out the part that has the serum or plasma and it's 
much more reliable for certain analytes and it lasts longer. So this enables it to be shipped by USPS, which in America cuts the cost and also makes it very convenient because they'll actually pick it up at your house. So you just put it on your mailbox and they'll pick it up. Uh, and so that it, it just it just smooths the whole process out significantly. The other thing we did is we worked with the lab that specializes in these to increase the number of analytes. So we maxed out how many analytes they can do in one card. And that's important because what companies usually do, so if you look at like an Everly Well type company, there, there are many of them that do these at-home tests. Their strategy is, okay, we'll sell you a pre-diabetes test or we'll sell you an inflammation test or a metabolic health test. They won't, but they're not trying to max the number of analytes. They're actually trying to say like, oh, you want to test these four things, buy four boxes, right? And so that means four yeah. blood draws. That means whatever, right? So we said, we don't care. We're not trying to make a profit on this. We just want to grow it as big as possible to get a large number of people testing and get some feedback, like which markers are interesting, which ones are actually benefiting people. How can we help them, you know, get healthier? And uh, so we said, let's cut the cost as low as possible. Uh, like when we sell this, the monthly subscription, we actually don't even make a profit. We just sell it at a cost. Uh, so let's cut the cost as low as possible, increase the number of markers as much as possible so that we can track as much as, as much as we can. And then the user actually can figure out like, not just, oh, I tested myself for prediabetes, but I have this complete health panel or relatively complete. And I can see how my, because let's say you make an intervention for prediabetes. So you go completely, uh, you know, carnivore. I don't know. Like I tried the carnivore diet for two weeks. Very fun. Uh, so you go carnivore, right? But then what is that going to do to your cardiac markers? What is that going to do to, uh, you know, your testosterone and so on? So, so basically just being able to look at a broader picture is not only valuable because in general it's value, but it's also if you're making an intervention for one thing, you really want to be looking at as much as possible to make sure that you're balancing, you know, you're balancing your lifestyle. And uh, yeah, we, we actually are really happy with this. So we ran a study over the summer where we had everybody in the company and about 30 more people doing tests weekly. So it's a pretty aggressive testing schedule. And we found that a lot of these markers change weekly uh, across, you know, like inflammation, metabolic health, um, we do like nutritional, a couple of nutritional markers, as well as uh, like hormonal, testosterone, DHEA, that type of thing, and then cardiovascular. And we found that a lot of them change even on a weekly basis and are labile. So you can you can change your lifestyle, diet, supplements, and you'll see changes in them pretty quickly. Uh, and that's exciting because for us, like we are trying to make it as easy and as cheap as possible to test this stuff. Um, so we don't do weekly right now for customers just because the cost is a little bit too high. So we do monthly. Uh, that's kind of the where we landed. And that's also kind of, for the amount of blood you have to draw and everything else, monthly is pretty good. Like it's not a burden. Weekly was, we got very good at doing finger pricks. Like I'm like a master, finger prick master. Now I can do it at parties as a, as a joke, you know? <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, so th that's kind of how we ended up here. And so we're scaling this up, still working on cutting the cost even further. And then next year, what will happen is these tests will go, once you have the device, these tests will go to quarterly. So you get the broader panel quarterly, and then you get cartridges that are focused on the markers that you care about on a, on a biweekly. So you get two of them per month. So that way you can optimize that one, that, you know, one uh, panel. So a couple of markers. That's, that's the plan. Right. Okay, very good. So and like, I think there's 17 in this initial offering that gets you in monthly, to be honest, monthly is plenty, I would say. Uh, interestingly, I know insulin can collapse within days of switching to a healthy diet. But a lot of other things have more kind of hysteresis and more lag. So I mean, monthly is very fair, I, I would I would guess myself. And uh, 17 or so tests monthly cadence at the moment that's the one we'll talk about people trying out and that one's pretty established technology relatively but you're putting a lot more into one package to make it more efficient and more valuable roughly this system and then the next stage but is that next year for the actual device with the cartridges multiple measurements uh, but and and obviously like like a glucose meter or a super glucose meter with many tests. Yeah, exactly. And the idea is that you still take the broad screen. So the 17 markers, you still take that once a quarter and it's kind of like upkeep and, and then you can focus. So let's say if you have high inflammation, we'll give you the cardiometabolic cartridge that's got CRP, uh, the APOA, APOB insulin, for example. And so you can focus on that and take a test every two weeks to see how your diet, lifestyle, whatever it is, is actually changing that. That's the idea. 
Um, gotcha. We also, actually, we also actually, I see you're wearing a, I don't know what that device is. Is that the cardio <laughs> check or something? Uh, that's actually a, a whoop device. And uh, it's, it is incredible. I, I'm actually going to do a video. You're, it's, you got the charger on it. Oh, I have the charger on it. Yeah, I put it on earlier and I forgot about it. But it's it's just incredible data. And you know what What I use it for primarily? It's like my kind of um, my good angel. So when I drink a bit too much, I stay up late, I overdo things, don't do enough exercise. This tells me the next morning and, and makes me go, oh, my God. I mean, it literally goes red overnight. And the next morning, it tells you. And then if you do all the good stuff, it's green, your heart rate variability is up, your sleep is excellent, good, good guy. So I use it as a kind of a nanny. Um, I'm not sure everyone's meant to use it that way, but I just find it a great feedback. Yeah, 100%. So we, uh, over the last couple of years, we were testing basically every device out there. So we tested a lot of these wearables, uh, as well as the continuous glucose monitors and so on. And I, I landed on the Aura Ring. Uh, I, it's mainly for form factor. So I, because it's in certain situations, like the, just like a wristband is inconvenience, but, but, uh, or I would say in Whoop are, they're very similar, but, um, there might be some advantage. I, I don't know. I haven't looked very deeply at wh which one has the best data, but they both give the same type of data, uh, generally. Well, to be honest, Mike, I'm either show me the data comments and I always need to see the data in any uh, issue. I'll decide. However, in this case, I have a friend who's so brilliant. He's a cardiologist in Houston, Texas, Dr. Nadir Ali, and he got big into sleep and heart rate research. So he was able to tell me top of the heap are the ring and the whoop. And I think the latest ring may be edging ahead, the latest model. So the only concern some people have last time I I enthused about this was there's a lot of people worried about their data and yes this is monthly and it's it flows your data up to their cloud I don't personally care about that data so much because I know now there's devices that can get your heart rate and everything from 10 feet away so at the end of the day you know point it at your chest yeah yeah the reason I the reason I brought it up is um I'm like in the camp of uh at this point, I'm just giving up all my data. I feel like it's it's like an avalanche, you know. They're just getting it. Uh, but, but anyway, <laughs> I mean, in well, some case, you know, hope, hopefully to a degree you can protect it. You know, I mean, you can use you can use a different name when you sign up to these services. That's like one approach. But uh, but um, what I was going to say is, you know, we realize that it's really valuable to look at your blood data next to your uh, heart rate, sleep data, uh, and so we created a whole dashboard where we display our blood test results next to an average of your results from your whoop or your aura ring or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So we take the last month before you took the blood test and we tell you, look, here's your average sleep. Here's your inflammation, right? This is the direction it's going. And, and, and we see a ton of correlations in our own data, like looking at the metadata of our customers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so like we have the whole anonymized data set and we just occasionally, you know, every month we run a, uh, just like a co simple correlation heat map. And so for like inflammation is 50% correlated with sleep. So that means for half of people, if they sleep less, they get more inflammation essentially. So it, it, it's interesting because it means that it's not true for everybody, which is, so if you tell somebody like you should sleep more and your inflammation will go down, that has a 50% chance of being correct. So you actually have to measure. Yeah. You actually have to measure to see because it could have totally different causes. So it's, it's, it's fascinating, but that, that's how we set it up. So you, you connect your wearable and then you get the blood data in parallel. Mm. That's perfect. I mean, integration of data and, and the synergy between that and it's individualized. Absolutely. And, you know, my go to example, a simple example for lay people, they did a study, I think it was U.S. Marines, but I'm not entirely sure. And they deprived them of sleep down to around four, four and a half hours versus six or seven that they usually got. And after I think it was only one calendar month with the single intervention, their insulin resistance had doubled, their sensitivity had halved. And, you know, it's just illustrative like the if you give up smoking within a couple of weeks your insulin tumbles so all these things stress sleep and and your psychology they all interact with the food you put in your mouth and it's all one big system 
and it's different for each person. Some people can do without sleep very well and you won't measure much inflammation. Some people, however, it's a really important thing for their physiology. So if you want to understand yourself and your longevity and strive for longevity, you got to be looking at the whole tapestry, really. So, um, yeah, so that's so there's the 17 tests, but they as time goes on and the new device comes in, of course, there's still a place for those laboratory based tests, as you said, a three month cadence, you know, verifying the suite. But then the device will allow you to tailor. So depending on what you really want to target, because you've built some data already, you're saying, OK, I'm really good on X, Y, Z, W. A, B, C, D cluster is where I'm questionable or I want to focus. And those would be used with the electronic device, the photonic device. Exactly. Yes. With a two-week cadence, I think you said, or at least that's offered. I guess some people can choose to go monthly if they feel they, they don't need it so often. Um, the cost is lower because the cartridges, so the device itself, uh, right now we manufacture it for $300 and we'll get it down to $100 or less. Uh, mm. We actually are we're working with one of the biggest chip fabs in the world to get the cost down even further. Um, you know, they're excited about it because it's a new consumer product for chips, right? So it's a whole new category. So there are the smart speakers, there are the cell phone, like, you know, it's a completely new category having a diagnostic in your home. Um, but, uh, so we'll get the cost down for the, for the hardware below a hundred dollars. We actually give that away for free. It's just like a, you know, part of the subscription. And then the cartridges, um, will initially, our cost is going to be $20 and then we're going to try to cut it all the way to five as we scale up. That's a matter of uh, volume. So um, we haven't decided yet what the exact cartridge cost will be for the user, but it'll be close to our cost. Um, so it's going to be much cheaper than taking, you know, your typical, if you, if you go into Quest in America, this is, this is specific to America. There are some places where it's much cheaper. Uh, Lee is always laughing about how much cheaper it is in Slovenia to do a blood test. But if you walk into Quest in America and you ask for CRP test, it's about $65. And that means you have to schedule an appointment, get a venous blood draw, sit there, potentially, you know, get sick from the other people in the room and, uh, and, and everything else. And then finally you get it like a day, day or two later, you get your result for 65 bucks. So it's, uh, yeah, and that's a one-plex test, right? So you just get CRP from that. Um, so there's a lot of room to improve, basically. And then in a, in a typical at-home test, if you go on any website to do one of these like Fox tests, it's also in the same range because the cost of shipping everything and the failures that go into that and so on, it's, it just, there's a floor to how cheap you can make that type of test. Yeah, and you know, that that is true. Actually, people don't often uh, kind of put in the, t the cost, time cost of money of going to labs and visiting places. But at the end of the day, the reason I change oil and filter on my cars it's not really to save money. It's to save me having to bring the car down, leave it there, collect it again. That all, that's what, what hurts me. So I just do it myself. And uh, the cartridges then that you mentioned, just to be clear, you, you referred to costs. Is each cartridge a specific assay? Uh, so if you get a cluster for, say, cardio, and there's, are there four or five cartridges? for the cardio so it's, it's one cartridge it's one cartridge ah, so our, our goal is to, our goal is to get the entire panel that currently we do on this card our goal is to get all of that into one cartridge uh but more realistically it'll be like three cartridges at, at first okay so that's three. that's our goal but you don't have to so, the thing is you don't you don't have to take all three right so you pick the one that actually is important to your uh your biology right that's that's the thing um, just because you get you get the screen once a quarter and you can see kind of what's the what's the situation. Yeah, well, it also it's, it's empowering. It puts the, the the power back in the hand of the individual, you know, author of their own destiny, which I love because I've always been like that. And uh, yeah, so okay. And the card at the moment, by the way, the existing offering, which is the card going back to a lab. Uh, how many is you do seventeen in total? But that's not on one card, right? That's a few cards. It's one card. Uh, there are, oh. th I think there are three ratios. So it's actually 14 targets and, and then we add three ratios. And so you get to 17. That's, that's the total. So, but that's all one card. One card. And how many blood drops? Not that it matters because once you warm the finger up and you get the blood going and you keep it going, I find you can just keep the blood running. If you stop for a, I'm sure I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. It sounds like you've done this a million times, but, uh, 
the way I do it is uh, so. So this is how it works. I'll, I'll just I'll walk through it. So this this is you get one of these kits. You open it up, and it contains uh, the card, and then a couple of fingerprint devices. So, like you said, if you warm your fingers up, you can get a lot more blood flow, and it's easier. We have two sizes of fingerprints. This is something other companies don't do because they're not aimed at like a monitoring test. They're just doing a single test. So what they do. This is the device that's typically given with these tests. It's this blue one. So this works amazing if you have thick skin. If you have thick skin, you just use this. It doesn't hurt much. It's great. If you're a woman, for example, or if you just have thin skin, this can leave a bruise. It's actually a pretty big lancet. So that's what we found when we did testing. So we actually added a second one uh, that's smaller. And this one, actually, I'm able to get this one to work for me. The trick that I do is I actually will go do a compound exercise, just like two sets of deadlifts or something. And then you get so much blood flow to your fingers that even this will work. It's like a, you know, it's, it's, it's so, so you can really modulate this, but, uh, but this, but we, we provide these two sizes because for some people, if you're doing a monthly test I and mean, you want to optimize this, right? You don't, you don't want to be uh, like leaving, you know, bigger, bigger, uh, bigger marks than, than you need to. But generally these things don't really hurt, especially again, if you tune the size uh, and if you prepare, it's very easy to get the blood. So you, what you do is you, get this card, prick your finger after warming up. So it's either doing some exercise, putting your hand under warm water, whatever it is. We recommend, highly recommend taking the test one hour after you wake up. And the reason is, and fasted. So you can have water, but but nothing else. And the reason is some a couple of the markers need to be fasted, like insulin. But the other reason is that uh, you should check your circadian rhythm. So we test cortisol, testosterone, and a few other things that are affected by circadian rhythm. And so... Mm. What happens is if you look at the graph of cortisol, about an hour after you wake up, it's supposed to mm -hmm. peak. So you just want to be testing at the same time uh, every every test. So you can see, like, what does my cortisol peak look like? Because it's actually supposed to be relatively high. If you have low cortisol in the morning, you can feel very tired. So you want to mm -hmm. make sure, like, okay, I'm actually getting my cortisol bump. Because otherwise, you know, you can kind of be compensated with, with coffee and everything else. But if you tune that, you're actually very energized in the morning. Uh, so that's – and the, the other option is you can take it all the way at night and see if your cortisol is high at night, and that's why you can't sleep. So there's kind of, I mean, depending on what's happening to you, you can play with that. But uh, we generally recommend doing it in the morning. And testosterone also is a morning measurement, actually. So it, because it varies a little bit, with, it, it also varies a little bit with the circadian rhythm. So that that's why we, that's our recommendation. Of course, you can take the test anytime. Yeah. And, you know, consistency is the key. And if you choose to go with the morning, learn from that. And, of course, it's important that people understand the basic science in this and not go blind. Uh, but then you could switch to evenings uh, by, by decision to look at that, understanding it, and look at evenings for a while, get a consistent uh, kind of value of what your evening is. And th there's a lot of scope for, for a lot of exploration, personal exploration, for sure. And you, have you, you've played around with diets. You mentioned carnivore and uh, kind of what are, what are the ones that appeared to you most successful? Uh, so so I, I actually think that, you know, for me, going on any diet, somehow makes me lose weight i think because you know maybe my normal diet's just bad but uh it's uh the two that i found the most fun were i'm not this is not a health recommendation this is purely like personal enjoyment the two that i found the most fun were carnivore and potato i think those are which are these are diametrically opposite diets so the potato diet is essentially yeah. vegan diet where you eat nothing but potatoes uh you can have a little bit of olive oil or something and um you have to supplement i think it's vitamin a and vitamin k because they, they're not in potatoes. But potatoes, everything else, I mean, you're Irish, so this, this hopefully hits home. Literally every other thing is in potatoes, supposedly. Uh, I felt surprisingly good on the potato diet. Very surprising. Uh, I don't know what's in potatoes. It seems like there's some kind of poison in them that makes you not hungry anymore. I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, people don't know. Like, I, I've tried to read about it. It's not well understood. But for some reason, it's, like, super satisfying to eat potatoes for me at least and a lot of people report this i don't know if it's good for you i just tried this for two weeks i felt pretty good and then i said okay this might be dangerous i'm gonna stop <laughs> but but uh that one is very fun it actually my i mean i was measuring my biomarkers so that's the interesting thing uh and they were i would say mostly stable so that so they didn't get much better but they didn't get worse even like my hba1c which you would think eating nothing but carbs would actually increase your hba1c but it did not i don't know why uh, but you have to eat them with the skins. So you get some fiber. That's one thing. But, but I, uh, yeah, yeah, there's some details, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that's a very interesting one. 
I don't know if I recommend it. I'm just telling you what I did. And then I, right after that, tried carnivore. Carnivore is a crazier one. I know. Have you ever tried carnivore? I'm I'm close to carnivore in a general sense, but not hardcore. I eat one meal a day, and I'm very focused on meat for nutrient density. Meats, fish, eggs, and some vegetables. That's what I target. I see. So you're you're all, you're already almost correct. Carnivore is very fun. I think it's it's probably even more fun than potato. Again, I don't know if it's really healthy. I'm not an expert in this at all. My markers, I'll tell you what empirically what happened to my markers. So uh, first of all, I was very energetic. So if you, I don't know what's in meat, but it definitely makes you, I, it's like a, a lot, you get a lot of energy from, from eating it for sure. Um, I'm trying to think, I could actually pull up the data, but, but I, the, all of my markers improved except yeah. for, and I think this is a well-known thing, except for LDL. And I think triglycerides also. Uh, so this is a well-known debate that uh, that I don't have a horse in, but but that's what happened. Um, yeah. I think my ApoB also went up a little bit, but not as much as my LDL. That's yeah. that's the experience. Well, the LDL and even ApoB actually on its own as a measure, it it has almost no meaning. But it's important to look at in the context of all the measurements. So it's not too surprising that everything looked good because we evolved from scavenging and, you know, organ meats and meats and then became the most successful hunters on the planet. I interestingly, I was just had a debate with a vegan this morning on British GB News. I'll send you it afterwards. You can enjoy uh, Dr. Michael Greger, a vegan doctor. And um, I didn't get to mention, but I had a sheet from Dr. Mike Leeds. He's big into paleoanthropology. And there was an ancestor around two and a half million years ago that actually branched off from, from what became Homo sapiens and became just veg vegetable eating. You know, a, a, a hominid, but vegetable eating. Got a bigger jaw, heavy skull from the big muscles to grind all the vegetation. Uh, and it basically went into an evolutionary dead end. So, so I think, I think that's the ultimate, know, that's like the ultimate dunk on the vegetarians, you know, that's, a, well, that's very funny. I, I, I didn't bring it up because I knew I'd have to qualify it and I can qualify it here very briefly. The thing is that we evolved uh, primarily from meat and we traded off, you know, digestive size like an ape uh, for brain size, massive brain energy needed uh, because we were successful hunters. But we can also tolerate long periods of not having access to game. So you can actually live as a vegetarian. You've got to watch the supplements, vegan even more so. Our bodies can do that now. But it's still important to note how we got here, what the optimum was that created Homo sapiens. But, but you can certainly, I have many vegetarian friends and even some good friends who are vegan, but they're very careful with supplements, you know, B12 and, and many other things. They're, they're smart vegans and they, they know. Um, so that's it. So carnivore, yeah. Well, you know, I think a, a pseudo carnivore is what I do, but I get vegetables because vegetables often have minerals that are not so present in meat. So, so I'm kind of omnivore and potatoes. I love you said that. Yeah, I, I have potatoes and I leave the skin on. I even almost leave them a little bit dirty, a bit of dirt because, you know, there's potassium potatoes and other useful minerals. And I think the skin concentrates. And final thing, I won't say any more, Mike, because I know you got to run shortly, but potatoes and this potato diet was a big deal around five years ago. Huge debates in the keto low carb community. And there was there was a whole phenomenon of carbosis. Uh, the new term was made carbosis, you know, ketosis, ultra low carb. There's a, there's a carbosis phenomenon that if humans eat almost all carbohydrate, they go over the hump into an area that can lead to insulin sensitivity. And they called it carbosis. Peter of hyperlipid is a bit of a genius, went through all of the protons and the electron transport chain and why it happened. I didn't go too deep, but there is an interesting space there in the extreme high carb. Um, but I'd rather stick with an omnivore healthy diet. Interesting. Okay, I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, Google carbosis and you'll find a whole ton of, a whole ton of debates. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So very good. So I think we've gone through it now. Just in terms of the company, um, you've got your capital, you've got your venture capitalists, you're largely okay there. So you're your path forward, your strategy, your plans, which are on the website, I can put the link in. Uh, you're pretty much all go from here on in, I, I understand. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good time to be a small company, actually. So like a lot of large companies are struggling because they grew really fast during the boom times. So if you're a small company, so we're 20 people, uh, if you're a small company and you're funded, uh, it's a pretty good time to be to be around because a lot of very good people are looking for work. And uh, it's just less crazy than it was a couple of years ago or even, you know, one year ago. Uh, so I, I enjoy the downturns. You know, it's kind of um, makes people think more carefully about the products they're launching and so on. So there's less fluffy, uh, I think, and, and more like a. Uh, yeah, we take like more lean approaches are used. So I think from the perspective of uh, working at running a startup, so me and my co-founder, I think are enjoying the, uh, we're enjoying actually the climate. It's definitely not as, uh, it's not like the go-go days of fundraising. So fundraising is harder, but everything else is easier. So it's, uh, I think from that perspective, it's actually kind of nice. That does, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but it's, that's kind of in our minds, because we're in the startup world, that's the big news is that one year ago, you could raise money with a crazy, crazy idea. And today, you know, even businesses that are doing well are struggling, you know, like uh, companies that, you know, 50 person type startups, even if they're doing well, it's still like a big struggle to raise money because VCs kind of had their big, they're just having a hangover from funding a lot of 15 minute grocery delivery companies. Uh, you know, I don't know, I yeah. think the amount of money, there's a graph of like the amount of money that went into 15 minute grocery delivery versus like, um, fusion or something like nuclear power it's like very funny you know it's like it's like whatever 100 million went into nuclear power and like 2 billion went into 15 minute grocery delivery so hopefully we'll get like a little, little reversal of that but we're we're back to a more i guess a more rational and reasonable reasonable investment environment and i guess now you you kind of have to have your bleep together uh, before people are willing to invest whereas what did your man say in the financial crash? Irrational exuberance. Wasn't that Greenspan way back? <laughs> Bit of that. <laughs> so great stuff, Mike. We'll probably roll it to a close there because people, you know, we've talked, chatted before the pod and about long pods, you know, people, if it's Joe Rogan, that's fine. But I, I'm not Joe Rogan, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, this was great. It's very interesting talking to you. Um... Any other, yeah, last last thoughts? I, I'm very. I, I don't know if we need to add this to the podcast, but I, I'm just curious. What's your experience with blood testing been like? I think we, I talked a lot, but I'm curious because I know you've done it. You've probably done more blood tests than I have by a factor of ten or something, uh, if not a hundred. I don't know. At least Lee has. Lee's doing blood tests all day. You know, he's like uh, he does it as part of his. You know, he's like goes to the store, gets a coffee, does a blood test. You know, I guess it, it's Slovenia. It's very. It's like super accessible. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm curious, what's your, uh, kind of, what's your experience been with it? Uh, and yeah, what, so, what did you feel was missing or anything like that? Uh, oh, in general over the last few years. Yeah. Well, I, I am big into, if you don't measure it, don't get fixed. If it don't measure it, you can't understand it. I mean, that's my rule that said, because I've done 10 years of research, thousands of papers analyzed, etc. and not to be arrogant here. But I don't feel I need to regular a blood test. I kind of know what I'm doing wrong and right. And I every year or two get a kind of a full panel. But I'm not like I don't I don't use the CGM. I occasionally prick my for uh, glucose, but I'm not driven to constantly test. But then again, you know, I'm comfortable. I, I, I know the full spectrum. You've made, you're at on. the plateau. You've made it to the kind of like the plateau of understanding. Yeah, so occasionally I'll check, you know, to see am I missing something, but invariably I'm not. To give an example, I got some tests uh, six months ago at a good friend of mine in, in Ireland, Dr. Farrell, and I got a kind of a full spectrum. And I told him the liver enzymes are not going to be great, Alan, but, but the rest will be fine. And he said, ah, no, 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 it might be all fine. And I said, Alan, the liver enzymes are not going to be great. Went, oh, okay. And it came back. I was precisely right. So I knew even before I got the test. And that was because of lockdown and high stress year or two, I was involved in a, a lot of quite intense activity. And I knew I was going a little heavy on the indulgence in the evening with the wine. I kind of knew that. So that's an example. But now that's all fixed now. Uh, so I think I got a full 
full test with Dr. Steve Harvitz in New Jersey, a good pal of mine when I was in New York, I drove down to New Jersey and he basically took out all the laboratories, uh, kind of big manuals. And he said, Ivor, what do you want? And he brought in a phlebotomist on the Saturday for me. <laughs> Great guy. But, but I went through, it was the shopping list. I got everything. I mean, I got the, you know, omega-3 index. I got all the advanced lipoproteins. I, I just got everything. And the interesting one I'm going to ask you, leptin and adiponectin are very powerful measurements and rarely done. So maybe you, you'd be able to do that in the long term, would you? Or? Sure. It was actually on our roadmap. So we kind of pivoted. So we started out with kind of more interesting longevity markers like C-peptide, uh, uh, cystatin C, uh, leptin adiponectin was one of them, like this ratio. Uh, we decided that because just from talking to people, we realized that people aren't even measuring their CRP, you know, and it's like, that's so well understood, so easy to lower. I mean, for most people, it's very easy. I mean, just start by taking the standard supplement that's recommended if it's high, right? Uh, that we realized that like, you don't want to launch necessarily with something advanced because there's so much low hanging fruit, but that's, uh, those types of panels for longevity and for just for people that really either understand or are looking to, to understand kind of newer, more cutting edge, uh, you know, diagnostics approaches, that's definitely in the pipeline. So we, we just realized that we should start with, uh, with the basics. Uh, but, um, and we're looking also to partner with kind of like the champions of these things. So for example, uh, you know, like a researcher that's a champion of leptin adiponectin in a way, right? Because it's otherwise, it's, uh, it's also an education effort. So with CRP, at least it's it's kind of you know well well understood broadly. I was going to ask you one thing. Okay, are you willing to do a blood test, do a potato diet, and then do another blood test, oh. <laughs> or like so, some opposite diet? I think I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you know this is this is like hurting yourself for science potentially, right? But uh, I think I, I mean I, I had a lot of fun with it. But uh, anyway, you don't have to answer now, but. <laughs> But if you are, okay. we'll, send you, we'll send you two kits. If you want to try something crazy, we'll send you two kits. You can do one before, one after. I think that's that's a fun, it's like always a fun experiment. Yeah, no, and you know what I would, and I'd ne I wouldn't in no way be worried about any implications of it because a couple of weeks you can literally do anything. You can eat nothing for two. Okay, you don't want to drink Coca-Cola for two weeks, but a potato diet, sure. I'm just thinking the way my life is, am I really going to invest in that? But you know what? I'll take it under advisement. Uh, and, and think about it. Super. So any last questions? No, I think that's the only other clarification. You're going out first with the device uh, later with CR, CRP, HSCRP only, and then it'll expand up these modules to have all these other tests. Um, we might even, uh, depending, by the time we launch the study, so we're going to launch the study in Q3, uh, of next year and one exciting thing is we're only available in america and canada right now but we'll expand we'll this is important but we'll first of all we're going to try to expand the mail-in test to europe that's something that we're working on and the other thing is the device can be used anywhere so you can participate in the study with the device from south africa if you want to right so it's it's a uh, because it's local right it, you just use yeah. it in your house so that's kind of one one exciting thing uh, if people are interested in this, in joining the study, but they're outside the US, so they can't actually buy anything from us now, they can't use our kits, you can just throw your email into, there's an email, you know, like sign up to our, uh, like newsletter type thing at the bottom of the site, and uh, throw your email in there, and we're going to send out an email blast at some point next year for people interested in joining the study. Um, it'll be prioritized to people that are already using our service, but there, there should be some space, especially for people that are outside the country. Um, and what was I going to, I had another thing. Ah, yeah. Okay. So CRP, another reason, which one reason we chose CRP is because it's so predictive of lifespan. Uh, so you can actually check out, we have a cool article on our, it's like uh, on our blog that we wrote with, do you know Michael Loosegarden by any chance? Uh, I know the name I'm trying to place, but I certainly know the name. He has a, he has a YouTube channel where he's like super detailed. Uh, he does a ton of quantified self stuff. Uh, he's based here. Uh, so I'm, I'm in Seattle right now, but he's based in Boston where, where, where Cyfox is and where I normally am. And, uh, he's a Tufts. So he does a ton of quantified self stuff and he has a very long, awesome video on CRP and how it relates to lifespan. So we have a little bit of that information in the article that we wrote, co uh, we co-authored it with him, but that's one of the reasons we chose CRP is because, you know, if you're a life insurance company, uh, and you want to 
you know, price somebody's insurance, you can probably do it pretty well. I mean, it's also true with insulin resistance, right? But like CRP is one where you can basically, if you know their CRP level, you can more or less price their life insurance. And so we think it's just a very high value. It's a single marker. It's just super high value uh, because it's you can change it. And it's also uh, very predictive of lifespan. Uh, so that, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the reasons we went with it as the first one. Very good. And, you know, the only other thing I'd say there is occasionally people get on to me, even in Ireland locally. If you have a subclinical infection, your CRP can shoot up. And I always say, look, go back in a couple of weeks. So don't overreact to a single, but but a, a consistent, sustained inflammatory signal. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a problem for sure. Yeah, so we, we do these, uh, we do these, uh, we call them insights. So we, we have these uh, basically based on your personalized data. So it's the blood data and your wearable data. We do some semi-automated. So they're generated automatically. And then we have an MD that actually checks them. Uh, before they go out. But we have these insights at the bottom of your health report after every test. And if your CRP is high, we'll always say, look, you might have an infection. You know, if you don't, then you really have to take a look at this. That's kind of how we always couch it that way. But if you're taking a test every month, I mean, it, you're not, it's it quickly, you know, you get your baseline very quickly. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. It's uh, I, I, was, I was only referring to one-off high CRPs because people people have come to me occasionally who, who get tests every, say, six months in the doctor. In Ireland, you go and the doctor sends bloods away. Uh, but then they suddenly get a CRP and they go, oh, my God, what, what did I do wrong? And I say, hey, chill. And invariably, they get it a while later and it's just back where it always was. So sustained high is the problem. Excellent. Okie doke. Well... That's super. We'll just wrap it up before the the Canon finishes its recording time limit. For tax reasons, they have a time limit on the Canons in Europe. But there you go. Uh, any last thoughts, or I'll I'll do an outro here with it with the links to the website and and the offer we were talking about when I verify that and and see can we get people a big discount to to get involved with this and explore. Uh, no, this was great. Very fun. Thanks for having me on. Thanks a lot, Mike. Great stuff. And uh, our mutual friend Lee will be delighted because he's very excited about this too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Good luck. As always, hope you enjoyed that conversation. And the guys have given me a 50% discount to give out to followers or anyone who's interested in this technology. So it seems like a fantastic deal to me, to be quite honest. I'm going to be sent these test kits in any case, uh, but half price. And that's half price for the one-off test of 17 diagnostics that we discussed, or half price off even better, the monthly kind of arrangements. And there is a monthly there where each month you can get half price of what's shown on the initial screen and then you can get quarterly which is a lower cost obviously only doing the testing quarterly as you check your course but it's half price off that as well and the half price extends to two full months or two quarters depending on the offer so then it does revert back to the standard price so you can do one month, you can do two months, you can cancel any time. It's very flexible, to be quite honest. But half price off the first two months or off the one-off uh, offer. So there you go, guys. You can't say fairer than that, 50%. And uh, only if you're interested, of course, have the means and are interested in charting your health progress. So there you go. Till next time, that'll do it.